Hi, I'm Dave Ferguson, pastor of the Collegedale Church here on the campus of Southern Adventist University. Welcome to our podcast. We're going to explore today some of the relevant words of Jesus Christ in Scripture to my life, to your life. So enjoy the message. Good morning and happy Sabbath once again, church family. How many of you were blessed by that wonderful skit? If you were, say amen. We want to thank our praise team as well for leading us in worship, and we are just so glad that you are here to worship with us as we serve our God together. As you can see in your bulletins, it says that Pastor Dave Ferguson is speaking today. If you're new here, I am not Pastor Dave Ferguson. I'm Pastor Joseph Kabaz, but it's a pleasure to be with you. He is feeling a little under the weather, and so I just ask you to pray for him. And I trust that God will bless our time together. You know, uh, this Christmas Advent season is often the theme of things going unplanned. You know, Mary didn't plan to be pregnant at her age. The Holy Spirit visited her. But yet, tremendous blessing can come out of the unexpected. Amen? And so if there's unexpected things happening in your life, know that God can be on the move and even bless you in unexpected places. As we come together to worship, I just want to invite you into a word of prayer with me, so let us pray. Father God, we want to thank you for bringing us here. We want to thank you for the Advent season. We want to be reminded that you are Emmanuel, God, with us, that you can fill us in places that we think are dead, but you can resurrect. Lord, we want to thank you that the light of the world came into our dark place, and through your light, may we see you and see our challenges more clearly, knowing that you are the God that has overcome all, and when you are on our side, you are the, we are the majority. So, Lord, we pray that you bless us right now. Nothing to the cross I bring, only to the cross I cling, for I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I shared this with... Uh, our young people last night for Vespers, just this uh, little story of my wife who loves to get festive during this time of year. Are you one of those people that like to get festive? And when she was a student here studying in the School of Journalism and Communication, she would uh, prepare in her dorm room and put a little Christmas tree up and get gifts under the Christmas tree. And so she would get some empty boxes and wrap those boxes and she, she's just so good at wrapping uh, gifts. If you ever get a gift from her, know that the, the, wrap, the wrapping will be tight around it. There'll be no loose ends. You won't even see the tape sometimes. That's how well she wraps them. But if you ever went to that tree and grabbed a gift, you'll be disappointed if you opened it because the box was empty. It was just a superficial thing to... to Uh, allow the season to become festive, but if you looked inside, you would find nothing there. And I wonder if some of us sometimes are satisfied with a blessing that's external, but God wants to go deeper and fill us internally. Amen? I believe that God wants to fill us in a way that will not only make a difference on the outside, but it will transform our lives on the inside. So as we enter our time together, the title of our message this morning is called Renew. Renew. And we'll be spending most of our time in the book of Ezekiel, so I invite you to turn there as you prepare, 
But as you do, I want to share with you just this story of, of a discovery that took place quite a few years ago. In fact, if you are a bit of an archaeology buff, you would know that this is the sarcophagus of the pharaoh Tutankhamun. In fact, his, his sarcophagus was found in 1922 by a British archaeologist by the name of Howard Carter. And as he chiseled away through the doorway there, he found the entry to the tomb. And some of you may or may not know that uh, the pharaoh Tutankhamun died when he was 19 years old. They believe that he had a rare bone disorder based on DNA tests. And if you look at some of the art that is regularly depicting him, normally every other pharaoh, when he's doing a physical activity like archery, would be standing up. But King Tutankhamun is sitting down doing some of those physical things that pharaohs would do. So they believe he had a rare bone disease. That's what led to his early death. And if I asked you this morning, as we look at this sarcophagus, that's 3,200 years old, and I asked you, can these dead bones live? What would you say? I would say, well, of course not. Of course these bones cannot live. Of course these bones are so dry, no life can enter these bones again. But in the book of Ezekiel, we have a story where that same question is asked to the prophet Ezekiel. And as we turn there, we're going to Ezekiel chapter 37, but I want to set a little bit of a context because as we look at the book of Ezekiel, the word Ezekiel, the name Ezekiel in Hebrew means God strengthens. If you need strength this morning, if you need God to work a special blessing in your life, if you're saying, God, I'm feeling weary and I need your Holy Spirit to strengthen me, you're in the right place and we're in the right book. Because the very name Ezekiel means God strengthens. In fact, the book Ezekiel provides major content structures that follow the book of Revelation. I just want to share some. The Son of Man is found in Ezekiel 1 and Revelation 1. There are four living creatures that are mentioned in both books. There is an eating of a sweet-tasting scroll in both books. There is the battle at Gog and Magog in both books. There is very much a relationship between Ezekiel and Revelation. And as we look at this book called Ezekiel, we find that it is a microcosm of the final actions of God before the cosmic close of probation. It's a significant book. It's a book worthy of reading. And we're going to be in chapter 37. And chapter 37, as Ezekiel is structured, is a chapter focusing under the idea of God comforting us and giving us hope and restoring Israel. Restoration, revival, restoring Israel. And so as we turn to Ezekiel chapter 37, and we're starting in verse 1, the Bible says this, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. It was full of bones. Have any of you ever wondered, God, as you've been leading in my life, why did you lead me to this place? 
Why did you lead me to a place that seems so dry, that seems like there's no life in it? It's full of bones. Maybe sometimes you wonder, God, you've been leading in my life, but I don't know why I'm in this situation. And yet, even in this valley of dry bones, we find that even though there's no flesh on the bones, there's no sinew on the bones, God says there could still be hope for these bones. You see, sometimes when we look at a valley such as this, we look at what we've lost, but God wants to focus us on on what is left. Have you ever been in a situation where you've lost something and you wonder, God, I've lost too much, and God goes, don't focus on what you've lost. Focus on what you have left. When Moses was called, God, why didn't you call me while I was a pharaoh, while I was a big shot in Egypt? And God said in Exodus chapter 4, don't focus on what you've lost, what is in your hand. Focus on what is left. You see, God doesn't need a lot to do a lot. Amen? Anyone got some bills to pay? Sometimes God can do a lot with a little. In fact, in the Bible, we see over and over again, even when God had to feed 5,000, Jesus said, all I need is five loaves and two fish. When God said uh, to Samson, Samson was outnumbered by an army, and yet with one jawbone of a donkey, he killed an army. God doesn't need a lot. Even though there was a famine in the land, God still used a poor widow's oil, and he did a lot with a little. I just want you to know that you may not feel like you have a lot this morning, but God wants you to know when you place the little in his hand, he can make it much. And so God says to Ezekiel here, he's in the midst of a valley, he's full of, it's full of bones, and he's there, and you may be wondering, God, why would you lead Ezekiel to such a place? We see this story, there's a connection here. Do you remember after Jesus was baptized where he was led? In Matthew chapter 4, he's led where? Into the wilderness. And some of you may wonder, God, are you really leading me? Because I'm in a place that I don't desire to be. I'm in a place that seems like there could be no life here. And you may wonder in your life, God, why am I in a valley such as this? But sometimes God will lead us in a wilderness experience, not because you're doing something wrong, but by you, because you're doing something right. Coming from Australia, I'm learning a lot about sports in the United States, and we have rugby in Australia. I don't know if any of you are familiar with rugby. There's some similarities with football here, but there's some differences as well. Some of the similarities are we have a ball that's a similar shape. Some of the similarities are we tackle, but in Australia, we're not wearing that protective gearing for rugby. In Australia, we don't pass the ball forward, we pass the ball backwards, okay? But there is one similarity that we all share as well, is that when you're going to the end zone, you will experience resistance. When you're headed in the right direction, you will experience opposition. And could it be the opposition that you're facing in your life is because you're headed in the right direction? Could it be that the challenges you're facing in your life, when you've said, God, I just got baptized, and why am I facing so much challenges? Well, the same thing happened with Jesus. After he was baptized, he faced challenges in the wilderness. 
You may be wondering, God, I've given you my life. I thought things would be easier. But God reminds us that sometimes when you're headed in the right direction, you will face opposition. Sometimes if we're not facing opposition, we have to wonder what direction we're going in. And so here, Ezekiel is in this place. Ezekiel is in a place that looks like there could be no life. And then God says to him, and then he asked him this, verses 3 to 4, he asked him, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these, have, has God ever said to you, can you change this situation? And it looks hopeless. And, and Ezekiel gives the right answer. He goes, Sovereign Lord, you only know. There's a bit of hope in that answer. God, it looks hopeless, but you know if the, this situation can turn around. You know if this situation can change. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, hear the word of God. We're going to talk about this, eve uh, this morning, this idea of two things that bring about revival. Ezekiel prophesies to two things. The first one is he prophesies to the bones through the Word of God. If a revival is ever going to take place, if a change is ever going to take place, it's going to require the Word of the Lord. It's going to require the power of God's Word. If anything's going to change, it's going to require the Word of God to make a difference. And so as he is prophesying the Word of God, a shift begins to happen and take place. He's in a dry place, but the Word of God can have power even in dry places. In fact, coming from Australia, you're going to hear a lot of uh, Australian illustrations this morning. Australia is one of the driest inhabited continents in the world. And so because of that, there's a lot of interesting creatures in Australia. In fact, one lizard I want to introduce you to is this lizard over here. Many of you maybe not, have never seen a lizard like this. This lizard inhabits the outback. It's in the red center, we call it. The, the sand is just red in the center of Australia. And yet this lizard is able to survive in dry places. By looking at this lizard, what do you think this lizard is called? It's got some horns on it. It's actually called Little Devil. <laughs> little Devil. Poor, poor little lizard, you're getting a name like that. But yet, that statement is given to the fact that it looks like a little devil, but it can also survive in the hottest climates in the world. In fact, the skin of this lizard is made up of a web of drinking straws. In fact, this lizard, because it eats ants, can't really sip water, but it doesn't drink from its mouth. It drinks from its feet. In fact, you can go on YouTube and you can see this lizard put its feet in some damp sand. And you can see the water starting to hydrate the lizard going through all its body. And then by the end, the water reaches the tip of its horn and it's fully hydrated. It drinks from its feet. And if God can create a lizard that can live in dry places, and if God can bring water even in desert places, God can bring life to your situation. 
God can bring hope to your situation. Even though you may be in a desert place, God can bring life right there where you are. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 18, the Bible says this, I will make rivers flow on barren heights and the springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. How many of you are thankful that God can bring a life source into a desert place? We serve a God that can bring hope out of hopelessness. He can bring, at times when we have fear, He can bring faith. And so Ezekiel's there, things are looking hopeless, but he wants to remind Ezekiel that when things are hopeless, I want you to know that it was never you that got you out of that situation. It's so hopeless because I want to show you my power. I want to show you my grace. And so Ezekiel there in verse 7 says this, So I prophesied as I was commanded, And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Oh, I wonder sometimes when we use God's Word, things begin to shift, things begin to move, a difference begins to take shape and take place in our lives. I'm so glad for the Word of God that can bring life two dead things and you may have a challenge right now where you're wondering God how can this situation change God how can you bring life and resurrect this situation and God wants you to know there is power in his word amen that when Ezekiel began to prophesy things began to shift things began to change And I'm so thankful that God's Word still has power today. I'm sure he was a little squeamish as he began to preach to those dead bones. You know, during COVID, that's how it felt when the church was empty. It felt like, God, we can't see anything in church. No one is here, but yet his Word still has power. Amen? That God's Word still has the ability to move things. Even though things may be empty, God can still move through the power of His Word. And so there was a rattling that took place. I want you to know that there is a noise happening in your family right now because you're saying, God, we want to make the Word of God a center in our family. There's a movement happening. There might be a movement happening even in your workplace. There could be a movement happening in your community because people have come together and said, God, we want your word to have power in our lives. There's a noise taking place. I pray that you've heard rattling taking place in your life. It may not be fully formed yet, but there's movement happening. And so the bones come together. Even though things are broken, you may know the nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty what? sat on the wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, all the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. And though people can't put things together, guess who can? God can. Even though the king's horses and king's men can't fix the situation, God can. And so the bones began to come together and there was a fully formed human as flesh wrapped around those bones and the sinews returned, God put the structure back in place. You know, I don't want to invest in my life in a structure that God hasn't put together. 
That's why I'm so blessed to serve at Southern Adventist University because God has put that place together. God has blessed it. And it's unlike any other university because we realize that God has put Southern Adventist University together to transform lives for eternity. Amen? That God wants us to become more like Him as we seek to prepare our students and ourselves to serve the world. I'm so glad that God has put our church together. I'm so glad that God has put the Seventh-day Adventist church together. Because what he's saying is, I've prepared you, I've structured you, don't, don't, don't mess with the structure, stick to my plan. I've put it together so that we can prepare a people for my soon return, amen? I'm so glad for Collegedale Church. I love the programs here at Collegedale Church, the structure that is in place. There is a number of small groups happening. There is a wonderful children's ministry, youth ministry, amen? How many of you are blessed by that? There is a, a collegiate ministry. There is a ministry here in the church that deals with those that may be grieving and a prayer ministry. I've probably missed a number of them, but there is structure here. God has put it together in this community for a time such as this, but guess what? Not only is a structure needed, the Holy Spirit is needed. And that's the second part of what Ezekiel is talking about the structure is in place but the structure has no life without the holy spirit we need the holy spirit in our lives for a difference to take place you know you can have a wedding but some people don't have a marriage you need the holy spirit some people can have a job but they don't have a calling you need the holy spirit there is a shift that takes place when the Holy Spirit is involved. Some people have a house, but they don't have a home. You need the Holy Spirit. We can have the structure, but we need the power of the Spirit to give life to that structure. Amen? And I pray that we will experience that power. And that's what Ezekiel, he talks about in the next verse. Verses 9 and 10. And he said to me, don't just prophesy to the bones with the word. He said, prophesy to the breath. That's the second part of revival. Revival requires the word, but it also requires the breath. The word here to describe this breath is ruach. Okay, that's that it's describing the Holy Spirit as well. That ruach, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, go from, go from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood on, on their feet, upon their feet, and an exceedingly, there was an exceedingly great army. Our denomination is based on the centrality of Scripture but we need the Holy Spirit to empower us. In fact, Ellen White describes this point that when it comes to the law of God and the law of God brings happiness, the law of God brings blessing. I love the law of God, but she once said that we can preach the law of God until it's become as dry as the hills of Gilboa. Yes, we have the structure and the law, but we need the Holy Spirit, amen? It's when the law and the righteousness of Jesus come together, that's when there is life. 
We need the Spirit to fill our lives with what we need, the breath. And we cannot give anyone any hope if there is no life within us to be able to impart the hope that they need. And so here, Ezekiel says, life came into these bodies and there was a great army. And I believe God wants to put a great army together in these days. Amen? People that are filled with the Holy Spirit making a difference wherever they go. The Holy Spirit is needed for life. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit. Some of us, don't be too concerned. If, if, if you're saying, God, I'm, I'm praying, but there's no difference being made. God says, you're, the, only, the only thing I'm requiring you to do is pray. Leave the results to me. There may be someone sick. God heals. He just asks us to pray. God will do the healing. God says, hey, if there's someone that you wish changed a little bit, it's not your job to change them. It's my Holy Spirit that will change them. I'm just asking you to pray for them. I'm asking you to say, God, work in their lives. Allow the Holy Spirit to give them life. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes a difference. And you might be saying, God, I want to experience your Holy Spirit, but I'm, just such in, a, I'm in such a dry place spiritually in my life. How can your Holy Spirit come into my situation? Well, I told you I'm going to have a number of uh, Australian uh, uh, pictures here. I know this is kind of like a morbid picture. I thought these fish were alive, but I look closer. They're, they're not alive yet, but I just want to share this story to provide context here. There was a town in Australia. Kid you not, this is a real story. Go on Google, check it out. It's, a, it's an official news headline. There was a town in Australia in a desert place. It was far from any kind of ocean, far from any kind of large body of water. But one day in this town, fish fell from the sky. Kid you not, fish fell from the sky and this is someone's backyard where fish landed in their, in their bucket of water. Fish landed in the, and most of the fish were alive. This one doesn't look too alive here, but they landed in that bucket of water and fish literally, people couldn't believe their eyes. There was literally fish falling everywhere on the streets, in the backyards, on the patios, fish falling from the sky. In fact, weather professionals said, they said that there was the ability for a wind to come to a body of water at a distance from this town. And the wind picked up fish 60 to 70,000 feet in the air. And they landed in this town. If God can bring fish to a town in the desert out of the sky, do you think God can bring blessing to your life where you are? If God can bring fish to this town, God calls us fishes of men, do you think God can bring people to this church? God will bring people, God will bring His Spirit even to dry places. And I believe there is a wind that is moving. There are things that are shifting. And if we're open to the wind, God will move things in our lives. We just have to be ready to receive it. We have to be ready to receive what God has in store for us. Just so you think Australia isn't too weird... You might think, oh, you guys live in a strange place. Well, I want you to know this. 
A turtle reportedly fell from the sky after a severe hailstorm in Mississippi in 1894. Okay, things happen here too. God will shift things and move things in our lives in unexpected ways. God is bringing a wind that we need. He's bringing the breath of life. And in fact, in Ezekiel chapter 37, 13 and 14, it says this, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Look at how many times the word I is used in connection to God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. You shall live. Amen? There's a situation in your life, and God is saying that situation may look hopeless, that situation may look dead, but He's going to bring it back to life again. You shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then, shall, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. God sometimes puts us in difficult situations so that we know it was Him and not us. It was Him that changed the situation. Look at how many times He says, I. I'm going to be the one that changes it. I'm going to be the one that moves it. I'm going to be the one that brings it life. I'm going to be the one that raises it up from the grave. I. God is going to move. God is going to move, but it's going to be based on His Word, and it's going to be based on the Holy Spirit. If there is a situation in your life that you're needing God to move in right now, God is saying, allow the Word of God to have its effect on your life, on its effect on the situation, and allow my Holy Spirit to bring life to that situation. In fact, there's a couple of questions here that I'd like us to ponder. How would you describe your life currently? How would you describe it? Is it dry bones right now or are you standing tall? How would you describe it? Question two, what areas of your life do you need God to raise from the dead? Is there a situation in your family right now that you just need a miracle? Things look hopeless in your family situation. Maybe it's for your children. Maybe it's for your spouse. And God is saying, I want to change that situation. Just give it over to me. Is it in your finances? Is it in your personal health? Or is it in your personal relationship with God? What areas do you need God to raise through His Word and through His Spirit? And finally, who has God placed in your life to help to raise each other's spirits? You know, God will often place you in a community, not just so that you can be a blessing to others, but that others can be a blessing to you. There's some wonderful life groups or, or there's uh, small groups here in church that you can be a part of. God wants to surround you with a praying community. God wants to surround you with people that will lift you up. There are some uh, church members here that you can approach and you can say, if you're new here, God, I need prayer right now. I'm in a situation that's, that's hopeless. And there's no power within us, but there is power in God. And we have a church family here that believes in the power of prayer and of God, and God can make a difference in your life. I pray that you take advantage of that.
as we conclude, there is a wonderful uh, book and quote in Selected Messages that says this, A revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of our needs. That's what we need, a revival in our lives. To seek this should be our first work. If you're wondering what you want to do next, what is your next step? The first work should be seeking a revival within our lives. Then it goes on, it says this, There must be earnest effort to obtain the blessing of the Lord, not because God is not willing to bestow His blessing upon us, but because we are unprepared to receive it. God wants to pour a blessing in our lives, but He's not going to give us anything we're not ready for. You might be praying for something right now and God's just saying, you're not ready for it yet. You're not ready for it. It's not time yet. So God, prepare me. Prepare me to receive what you have in store for me. And then it concludes by saying this, our Heavenly Father is more willing to give His Holy Spirit to them that ask Him than our earthly parents to give good gifts to their children. Can we say amen to that? That God is willing to give us His Holy Spirit more than your parents want to give you a Christmas present this morning. We can still say amen to those Christmas presents. And if you're a son or a daughter, maybe you're looking forward to a present that your parents are going to give you. But God wants to give us a greater present than any human can give us. And it is His Holy Spirit. That is His desire to give it to you. So I pray during this giving season, during this time of giving, that our greatest gift that we can receive is the Holy Spirit. And the greatest gift that we can pray for our church or someone else is the gift of the Holy Spirit. May we pray that prayer and God will promise to give us that gift when we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.